I got he, blamed for killing Pluto, but I didn't kill Pluto. But he took the credit. He, so, so therefore, right, right. So he not only killed Pluto, he admitted it. So, so get off my back. You asked me to the theater in a place quite near the sun. And welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy. Wow, this is the Cosmos Shepherd, and this is. Mitchell Manley, Space Cadet. Or, You're oh, not I was going to go. Space Cadet. L- Lieutenant, Commander, <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Mitchell Manley. Just as a, as a shout out to me being a Star Trek Next Generation nerd and, and Lieutenant Commander Data being my favorite character. I, I would have never guessed that by any indication from your Instagram feed. Right, my sweet little cat that I've named Data after <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Data. Report to my lap immediately. <laughs> Does she actually respond to that? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. That doesn't mean she always <laughs> comes to my lap, but she will perk her little ears up and be like, "You're talking to me, and I want to acknowledge that I hear you." But I'm napping over here right now. <laughs> oh, like most cats, my cat does not acknowledge me except when I walk in the room and she like, you know, tries to kill me. But that's Aww. and that's a whole different show. Um, this week's episode is space the cosmos and like outer realms how did we get there um i'm always thinking about outer space anyway and i don't know i think i was thinking of some good themes and and outer space just kind of popped into my mind and over the last couple weeks i think we've also had a few uh you know theme or songs that that were about space and that sort of thing so uh i guess it, it was tumbling around in my mind and who doesn't love a good song about space i knew there'd be a lot of good submissions Oh yeah, there's so though space is a very popular uh, um, like theme. Like seriously, so very popular. What song did you bring this week? So I'm gonna start us off with a band called They Might Be Giants and their song for science. There has been a spacecraft sighted flying high above the sky. Sirens declare there's one among us. Yeah, long-time ear buddies will not be surprised at all that I brought They Might Be Giants. Uh, they're one of the greatest bands in history, and <laughs> you know they ha- they have a song about just about every conceivable thing. So uh, they called this song a micro sci-fi rock opera, uh, and it tells the story of like a spacecraft full of women from Venus flying to Earth, and there's a call for volunteers to like go and meet them, and our, our narrator volunteers because he wants to kiss a girl from Venus, you know, for, for science. <laughs> and uh, it's such a, a hilarious little tune because he's he's making it sound like he's making this grand sacrifice. He sings the great line, "Flowers die, and so will I." 
and he's like making it seem like he's you know trying to advance our understanding of these alien creatures when really i think dude's just horny for aliens uh, which <laughs> you know i'm not here to judge if uh if a spacecraft full of beautiful venusian women you know landed on earth and they seem chill i'd definitely be like yo what up girl but you wouldn't slide into her dms right no i mean i would i would talk to her in person and, and check out the vibe and and see what was happening and then go from there you know <laughs> yeah um i personally i had no idea you liked they might be giants i don't right, know I how you've kept this that for yet. so long <laughs> um the harmonies here just make me look super gleeful because it's got a ton of harmonies not i mean i'm a lot of they might be giants of course lean into the harmonies but i just really liked this one because it's very i guess rock opera e and there's like this variance of rhythms it's very nice but i did like the nietzsche just like the line flowers die and so will i you know my my husband had a some sort of like existential uh quote from somebody as his tinder profile and i totally swiped right on that so <laughs> yeah i liked it um it is it's very much let's do this but you know of course he's got other things in mind but uh, yeah i just really like it and all of it's squeezed into just over a minute so it's so impressive that is like what they do the best is like squeeze a song into a minute and 10 seconds yeah did you ever notice how short their songs were? Oh yeah, definitely. They uh they in fact have on one of their albums it's a a suite of songs called Fingertips where they're all choruses with no rest of the song all all kind of mashed into one another. And so they're all like 15 <laughs> seconds a piece and that sort of thing. Ah, but so they kind of specialize in in it and I think that's really cool because you know a lot of times you'll be listening to a Lady Gaga and that chorus just gets repeated like six or seven times they they just jam everything into um two verses two choruses and and you know some excellent outro and intro and I think it's impressive this week I brought Young Lean's Stars featuring Ariel Pink that this is just simply like hanging out with musical stars but like i like the idea of this like literally walking in the galaxy's lady uh this is pretty chill and a bit lo-fi hip-hoppy and it makes me happy because that's what i like uh we can also go with some of that you never end in quantum physics kind of way which legit i love some qu uh, quantum physics some of my favorite stuff to read is like 
I know nobody likes string theory anymore, but I like the string theory stuff and like the the plank. Uh, I think it's like the, the whatever the plank number is, the but I, I don't know. Yeah, the plank constant, which I think. I think the best description of it was like inside of an oven, like the maximum speed something could be in, like in a black hole. But it's dreamy, it's relaxed, and I might actually get that song from last week out of my head, uh, that Hannah Diamond song, because, oh my god, if I have not been, like, waking up and going to sleep with that in my head, it was, it has been a long week. That is the definition of an earworm. <laughs> yeah, it gets mm-hmm. stuck in your head all week. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd seen Young Lean's name a bunch, but never really listened to his music before. Uh, so when the song dropped last week, I saw that Ariel Pink was featured on it. I like had to listen to it. Uh, I knew Young Lean was like part of the cloud rap, sad boy rap thing, and and most of that's never really been my jam necessarily. But Ariel Pink is an experimental musician who has a lot of work that I do enjoy, uh, and who normally doesn't share much in common musically with like cloud rap. But as soon as I saw his name listed as a feature, it also kind of made a little sense because cloud rap uses a lot of the obscured ambient beats and like weird noise, and and Ariel Pink's music uses a lot of those same elements as well, just kind of in service of a much different result. Um, I have to say that even with Ariel Pink's contribution, this isn't exactly my favorite thing ever, but, uh, (laughs) young lean is legitimately, you know, he's still young and I think he's like 23 or something. So if he keeps working with people outside of his own world, like Ariel Pink and like keeps expanding those roots and, you know, obviously if Ariel Pink saw something in his music that he thought was worth, you know, listening for, then, you know, I'll definitely keep my eye on it. And, uh, you know, maybe this dude will grow into something that's undeniable. I've just got to say, the song like was re- released like four days ago, and how the mm-hmm. fuck did you already hear about it? Yeah, I mean, I got friends that listen to music, and you know, I've got friends that are super into the cloud rap thing. But I think I saw it on my YouTube because you know I listen to tons of Ariel Pink, and so whenever Ariel Pink's name popped up, the algorithm fed it to me. I thought it was gonna be something you had never heard before, and it's only four days old. Yeah, no, I, it's it's definitely, we'll give it to to Ariel Pink's name being on there and the algorithm hooking mm-hmm. me up. Well, darn. I like, I, I secretly wanted to surprise you with something. Well, I'll bring some Ariel Pink soon and we'll see how different <laughs> it is. Okay. Um, our ear buddies, there's, as I said earlier, there's like a ton of spacey songs like that exist in the world. It's like musicians take some drugs and think about the cosmos. And I think that that's a good thing. Hey, it's good enough for Carl Sagan. Good enough for me. <laughs> uh, Lauren brings Sun Ra's Space is the Place.
So sometimes I daydream about uh, doing hallucinogenics, and this is probably what it must feel like to do some of them. Uh, it's pretty chill. There's some unexpected bits, and there's lots of thinking about space. It's kind of meandering, but also enjoyable uh, with some, like, quite profound, but albeit serious thoughts or silly thoughts. Then it expands into outer space is a pleasant place. So you got space is the place, and then outer space is a pleasant place. And that's um, that's mostly lyrics from what I understand, uh, from what I heard. Maybe there's more. Not sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's about right. Um, you know, I definitely want to start us off with some Sun Ra because he's such a—he uh, has such an interesting story, and he's got tons of songs about outer space. Uh, you know, Sun Ra—he was born in Alabama in like 1914, and by the 40s, he was a big deal in like the Chicago and jazz bebop scene. And at some point during that time, Sun Ra claims that he had this like deeply affecting vision uh, that he was surrounded by bright light and transported to Saturn. And Saturnian aliens told him to drop out of college and commit himself to using music to enlighten African-Americans to their true cosmic potential and, like, spreading this message of peace on Earth. So he actually dropped out of college and committed himself to playing, writing, and practicing every single day, rarely slept. uh, And then he even ditched his birth name, which was Herman Blunt, and he started going (laughs) exclusively by Sun Ra after, you know, the Egyptian god of the sun, Ra. And so, like, by the late 50s, he's dressing up in, like, Egyptian and, like, really sci-fi-looking costumes. And, like, he's fixated on ancient philosophy and, you know, the burgeoning space age. You know, we had just launched, or, uh, you know, they had just launched Sputnik and things like that. And so, like, to make a long story short, Sun Ra uh, never again acknowledged his old identity. Like, insisted that he was really from outer space for real. Uh, he started up a band called his orchestra, like an orchestra, but also an <laughs> ark, you know, like a sacred vessel carrying people to something better and, and more enlightened. And, you know, he went on to just make some of the strangest and most progressive jazz and, and experimental music of all time. And like through his music and even through a couple films, he spread a lot of his personal ideas and philosophies on the future of black culture as well as the human race in general. He's just a very strange and, and fascinating guy. And like some of his music is really accessible jazz and some of it sounds just like aimless noise, but there's absolutely no one else like him in the world of music except maybe on Saturn somewhere. So was there any mention of him taking any hallucinogenics at any point? See, that's the other thing is as far as I as far as people can tell, he never did drugs. Um, he was just a weird dude and even like his his band, the orchestra, he had these strict rules for them. They would practice multiple hours a day every single day no one could do drugs and they were like this wholesome house in this neighborhood where like at first people were like oh man they're always playing music it's super loud but they're super nice and they like were really kind to the kids in the neighborhood and stuff like they were super wholesome and he's like nobody does drugs if you do drugs i kick you out of the band so i think he's just a weird dude and wanted to be from saturn and wanted people to listen to what he had to say so a little like prince mongo but better Right, sure. <laughs> oh, that's insane. Well, not insane, but it's like very interesting, uh, to say the least. Wow. Um, our next ear buddy is Jeremy, who brings the dentist spaceman.
First of all, I love this kind of 90s uh, sound. I could totally research this, but, you know, I'm not going to. Uh, it's just fun and joyful and very truly about space manning and space not being big enough for the two of them or more. And or like maybe gravity is involved. I'm not sure. But I did. I did try to look up this song, like possibly to get the lyrics. But it turns out the killers made a song called Spaceman and it sucked all the air out of Google. Yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah, I've, I've said before that I think Jeremy has this direct line into the sort of jangly power pop that I love, and this one's a prime ex- a prime example. I've never heard the dentists before, but uh, it looks like they were around for about ten years between 1985 and 1995, uh, and they're they're blending a lot of like the poppy aesthetics of the late 60s and early 70s and kind of mashing it together with some punk and post punk sensibilities. Um, I saw that they got a lot of airplay from uh, BBC DJ John Peel, who we've done an entire episode on. So if you've heard that episode, you'll know how big a deal it was to have John Peel playing your tunes. Uh, lyrically, this one ties the theme of being a spaceman with like the desire for isolation and uh, to just be left alone. You know, uh, Being an astronaut can certainly be lonely and isolating, and, and that may not appeal to everyone, but... I can totally relate to the idea of just like isolating yourself in space where you can just tend to your own mind and your own thoughts and not have to worry about politics or interpersonal relations. You can just float around in peaceful atmosphere, just like hang out on your ship, reading books, or playing guitar. I'm not sure how long I could realistically take being alone in space. Um, but you know, I genuinely think I could probably make it six months without too much trouble. And then after that, I'd probably be a radio on for ground control to guide me back in. <laughs> I like that Bowie reference you just like yeah, kind of sure. put in there. Yeah, I think I would make it possibly three months. I'm just thinking about like uh, right now. I think we're we're getting close to the three month mark of uh, you know, just staying in our houses. Right. So yeah, I think three months seems about right for me. Cause I, I mean, even though I do go to work, I get a little stir crazy. So uh-huh. maybe you're making it longer than I am. <laughs> um. Justin W. brings Hums stars. I found the rock band sitting naked looking up and looking dead. A crumpled yellow piece of paper, seven nines and tens. I thought she'd be there holding daisies. She always waits. I know this one. Like, I really do know this one. It's so freaking charming sounding, and I like it so much. I have no idea if this is grunge or not, but I'm calling it grunge. I don't know uh, what at all this is. She thinks she missed the train to Mars because she's out back counting stars. Like, I like that she got distracted, and he totally expected her to have some, like, dandelions and daisies. But, yeah, like... Pretty much, she seems charming, and that guitar rhythm thingy that they're doing is, like, so super iconic. Like, you know the song immediately just by the guitar. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, Hum is a band that I'd wager half of our ear buddies probably already know all about. Um, 
But this band and this song were super seminal for me, so I want to make sure we included it this week. Uh, hum is known for blending a lot of the music of the, the late 80s and early 90s into this unique synthesis of their own. Uh, they used a lot of heavy, grungy guitar tones, but they also had a lot of melodic singing and like shimmery, shiny, pretty guitars as well, like blending the alt-rock and grunge and shoegaze into their own little amalgamation. And they, they used to use a lot of space imagery in their in their lyrics especially on this album the album was called you'd prefer an astronaut uh mm-hmm. and i think part of the reason why that worked so well for them was that you know they had these space lyrics and they're they're evoking something vast and dark like the universe but it's stippled with beauty like stars and then their music has that similar feel of creating this massive wall of sound musically but it's adorned with a lot of melody and beauty and, you know, there weren't a whole lot of other bands mixing heavy and melodic in the way that they were. So they're pretty influential to a lot of bands that came after. Um, I know Chino from the, uh, from the Deftones said that Deftones borrowed a lot of their music aesthetic from bands like Hum and Failure. And, and like any influential band, Hum put out a couple really great records, made their mark, and then disbanded and uh, never making new music again. Uh, they since played a few pop-up shows and brief runs of shows, but they said that they'll never reform as a permanent fixture, have no plans to write new music. And as sad as that might be that like we're missing out on something potentially amazing, I think that you know they realize that reunions and comebacks are kind of, uh, they're great for nostalgia, but almost never result in anything of, of real quality. So I'd much rather have Hum you know, go out on top and, and walk away with their head held high than you know, try to milk the band dry. So, you know, they made their, their huge wave. They ain't got nothing else to prove. Let, let Hum be their thing and uh, just pop up at festivals every <laughs> five years or whatever. So are there any other songs that I would know, like, easily? Or is this, like, their greatest hit? This is pretty much their big mainstream hit. It, it got played on MTV and, and, you know, no one else really paid much attention to them after that one hit. No, but the, did the other ones have like that kind of iconic guitar-y rhythms oh, yeah. and stuff like that too? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it all sounds like this. They're a great, great band. I'll, I'll definitely have to check out more of them because it's really, really just straight up enjoyable. Debbie is our next year buddy and she brings Sunny in the Sunsets, Green Blood. It was a brief encounter on an unknown planet. A strange being standing all alone. Wanna fix my ship? Would you like to hit the void? Oh, is this your ship? This little space toy? Oh, a space liquid humor. My favorite kind. But when I look closer, she's sad inside. Oh, my android. She sheds me of tears. She's weird. I think I love you, dear. Debbie says, This is a cool story song by one of my faves. The whole album is sort of a concept thing about the afterlife and outer space. They totally nailed the spacey sounds in this and kind of like a little Bowie sound 
Kind of in some ways, but also Sonny and Cherish and like that Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, which granted this band may have been around before then, which means the Magnetic Zeros are actually probably stealing from this. Who knows? I don't know. But I mean, I guess everybody's just stealing from Sonny and Cherish because they're talking back and forth in that kind of I got you, babe kind of way. But I like that right. it's kind of a journey that we can take with these narrators and it's just fun. And, um, you know, sometimes you divorce an alien. <laughs> sometimes you got to um yeah so yep. so so debbie's always delivering with that badass garagey indie pop and i'm loving the idea of a concept album that interweaves the afterlife with outer space uh this seems to draw from a lot of great places musically i definitely hear similarities to the flaming lips or velvet underground I also heard the edward sharp magnetic zero sort of thing um but it's also got like the bob dylan-y kurt vile sort of draw on the vocal delivery which i also love uh, I'm super down for the the human android love triangle thing. Like if commercial space travel was a thing, and and you know alien cyber alien cyborgs were a thing, I can guarantee I'd be falling in love with an android or an alien of some sort. Uh, like I said, I think maybe I just watched too much Star Trek as a kid and and some weird things imprinted on me. But I don't know for whatever reason, I can just totally find myself at the heart of this this tale of lost android love. And I'm really curious to, to hear this whole album now. So thank you, Debbie, for passing this one along. I'm definitely going to do a deeper dive on this. <laughs> it's the it's those uh, alien android love stories, huh? Yeah, I don't know why, but it does it for me. <laughs> it's a Star Trek. I could totally fall in um, love with an alien. It's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Jenny is our next year, buddy, and she brings... Tell us, Star Rider. Seeking, we have been searching for him. The path has led us here. The light's been swallowed by the shadows. No further can we go. But darker stands above. We have to find the idea of half the songs in English but I'm pretty sure they mention hot dogs which are my requirements for space nutrition for sure so like beyond this epic guitar like so much so much so good uh it's five stars for the hot dog mention which may or may not actually be a hot dog mention I went back and listened to these lyrics multiple times and it's gonna be hot dogs is what I'm gonna call it yeah, I think I'm going to stick with hot dogs uh, in our head canon. <laughs> you know, I think it's canon on the earbuds and earworms podcast universe that Hylas mm-hmm. talks about some some hot dogs. Uh, I had never heard this band before, but I was just like in love with it from the very start. And it just kept turning along and getting better and better and more layered and more epic. Uh, they're a Swedish band and they seem to be combining a lot of influences into something really classic sounding, but it's kind of unique enough and strong enough to stand on its own merit. There's definitely... A throwback to bands like Jethro Tull and Blue Cheer, uh, but it really leans into like the prog rock synthesizers. But it's also got that four on the floor dancey dark wave beat that just makes you want to nod your head and shake your ass. And then 
It's also got like the <laughs> early Black Sabbath with some of the guitar riffs and even like Dio or Hawkwind with the epic storytelling lyrics about, you know, an epic quest to find the star writer who will presumably transport the band through the stars to another planet where they'll spread the gospel of cosmic psychedelic prog doom. And hot dogs. And hot dogs, indeed. <laughs> I, I was like, I loved all of this, but I'm pretty... Are they singing in Swedish? I think a good chunk of it is... I think it's actually okay. mostly in English, if I recall. I have no idea. There's some of it that I was like, I don't know. And then I got Dakota, and he's like, I don't think that's English. Because I was trying to get his consensus on if he, they were talking about hot dogs or not. Because <laughs> that's what I do when I'm thinking about the music. I'm like, hmm, this sounds like hot dog. Let's You're just always thinking listen about to the hot same. dogs. Like I a, really am. It's a theme. <laughs> uh, our last ear buddy is Ben, who brings Circulatory Systems Lovely Universe. exceedingly trippy and kind of just a chill out song and i'm starting to think that many space songs tend to be super chill like it's a big space that may you make you eh. like it is big out there in space that makes you just contemplate life the universe and everything and i'm really digging that outside of this planet is chaos but so delightfully large and like mind bending and almost just because it's so big smooth and chill which I guess that's like a quantum physics thing. So everything looks like chaosy close up, but then like really chill outside because everything looks stable from far away. Mm -hmm. But, you know, hey, let's just enjoy the lovely universe while we're, you know, stuck on this planet currently, which is not as chill as I would like it to be. Yeah, I agree with all of that for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've seen Ben post circulatory system a few times now, and I really don't know much about them other than, uh, that they're associated with the Elephant Six Collective, which is home to bands like Neutral Milk Hotel, Apples and Stereo, and Olivia Trimmer Control. Uh, apparently, when Olivia Trimmer Control disbanded, their main core members reformed a circulatory system. Uh, lyrically, we're hitting all the key points. We got the Milky Way and the sun and the planets and the stars, and it's a lovely universe, and all that poetry about the universe combines into this really spacey, floaty, psychedelic pop music and takes you on a peaceful little voyage through the cosmos. Um, I really love the thick bass line on this one and the spacey, swishy synthesizers and like subtle laser noises and other like little bits of noise that sound like a comet flying by. I'm just super into all that, so I definitely owe this whole record a listen, I think. Oh, yeah, like uh, because Takeda was listening in as I was listening to all of these songs, he was like, oh, I really like the, the one with like the really good bass. And he was talking about this one, and I was just like, oh, 
it's really good. But he's also like, is this your song? And then he was totally unimpressed with my song. So, <sighs> so it goes. <laughs> um, so, of course, if you want to give us some feedback and all that jazz about space, the universe, everything, cosmos, Carl Sagan, Einstein, uh, Stephen Hawking, who is still like my absolute favorite, uh, you can tweet at us. I'm at Pow I Gotcha. And I'm at Madam Woolite, and the show is at Andy Pod. You can check out the whole collection of songs from this week and see our future like themes and such and you know contribute at Earbuds and Earworms podcast group. And the voicemail line is 731-400-BUDS or 731-400-2837. You can email the show, andypod at gmail.com. I've been collecting that spam like crazy. And you can check out me struggling with the internet every single week, andypod.com, part of the 10710 Network. What is our final song, Mitchell? I'm going to leave us with Symphony of Science uh, and their song, A Glorious Dawn. Um, Jenny also submitted this one, but uh, this has been one of my long favorites. And since we already had one of her picks, I stole this one for my pick. Deal with it. <laughs> Sunglasses. So uh, Symphony of Science was a project from a YouTube musician and creator called Melody Sheep. Uh, they've done several really great mashups using original music, but they add in the words of like great scientists and thinkers. And this one's definitely the most well-known of the series. Uh, uses some beautiful and poetic samples from Carl Sagan and Stephen Hawking, two of the foremost cosmologists and astrophysicists in history. And, and combined with the music, it creates this awesome cosmic landscape for the listener to marvel in. It's just such a beautiful and moving song. I get goosebumps every time I hear the words of the chorus. Uh, Carl Sagan's talking about how gorgeous that we find sunsets here on Earth, but he asks us to imagine, quote, not a sunrise, but a galaxy rise, a morning filled with 400 billion suns. And that's just such an awe-inspiring image, and like all the rest of the quotes are all equally moving and profound as well. So I'm really excited to leave us this week with A Glorious Dawn from Symphony of Science. I'm not very good at uh, singing songs, but uh, here's, here's a try. Analyzes, it generates abstractions. The 
the simplest thought, like the concept of the number one as an elaborate logical underpinning. The brain has its own language for testing the structure and consistency of the world. A still more glorious dawn awaits, not a sunrise, but a galaxy rose. A morning filled with 400 billion suns, the rising of the Milky Way. The sky calls to us. If we do not destroy ourselves, we will one day venture to the stars. For thousands of years, people have wondered about the universe. Did it stretch out forever, or was there a limit? The Big Bang to black holes, from dark matter to a possible big crunch. Our image of the universe today is full of strange sounding ideas. How lucky we are to live in this time, the first moment in human history when we are, in fact, visiting other worlds. A still more glorious dawn awaits, not a sunrise, but a galaxy rise. A morning filled with 400 billion suns. The rising of the Milky Way. A still more glorious dawn awaits, not a sunrise, but a galaxy rise. A morning filled with 400 billion suns. The rising of the Milky Way. The surface of the Earth is the shore of the cosmic ocean. Recently we've waned a little way up, and the water seems inviting. Where could we put Pluto in the world? Could we put it down somewhere? Uh, Pluto would fit between like here and, and Chicago. Okay, so it's in not really that States. big. Didn't I just say that?